Hello, I am back. We are back. I'm so sorry that I have been away for a minute, but we're back and I'm excited to be back. Weekly podcast and I wanted to start off talking about perspective and how important it is to question your perspective, expand your perspective, all things identity and perspective. So you have probably seen, no matter where you are in the world, the awesome activism that is happening internationally for Black Lives Matter, which is a movement I've been behind for a while. I'm you know, dedicated to in the long term. And at the end, I'll share some recommendations of things that have helped me uh, recognize my own racism and call out racism in others and all of those things. But in the wake of this wave movement regarding Black Lives Matter... And seeing the insane opposition that is being thrown at Black Lives Matter protesters, advocates, any of that, I have been thinking a lot about identity and perspective and how that is such a important root of the movement. And so this podcast will be helpful no matter what time you're listening to this at. You know, maybe it's a few years from now and uh, things are better. <laughs> maybe. Hopefully. But it, it still has a lot of value and gems in it. Because really at the root of all conflict is ego and attachment and, you know, unquestioning of your beliefs. So, we're going to get into this. We're going to dive deep. But to start off, I want to talk about what perspective is. It's kind of a general vague term, but uh, it's basically your point of view, a particular attitude or way of thinking about something, uh, a sense of relativity, you know, uh, opinion, all of those things. And it's also... I thought this was interesting. One of the definitions for perspective is the art of drawing solid objects on a two-dimensional surface so as to give the right impression of their height, width, depth, and position in relation to each other when viewed from a particular point. And that just had so many um, gems in that definition. Even though it's not related to the human experience, it really is because we can have two-dimensional perspectives, right? And to draw something with real perspective, same as when knowing something with real perspective, means knowing their height, width, and depth. So all of the layers, all of the dimensions of a situation in relation to everything else and your personal experience. And I thought that was awesome how that definition kind of relates to the human experience as well. Sorry if there's some um, uh, like knocking noises like that. 
I am quite animated today. But that's basically what perspective is. It's your point of view. And so there are many different dimensions to point of view. There's a point of view where you haven't questioned any of your beliefs and it's it's pretty two-dimensional. You know, you your point of view is that which you have learned from your direct influences, such as your parents. Um, and then the more you get out of your personal bubble into the greater nation, into the greater planet, into the greater cosmos, the more dimensions you can add to your perspective. So perspective is related to three different parts of you, kind of. So your thoughts, your actions, and your feelings. Your actions, people, most people um, know that we can somewhat control our actions, except maybe in extreme scenarios, but most of the time we can control the actions we do. And lesser known, but still generally understood, is that we can also control our thoughts um, through things like meditation and things of that nature. And so our perspective in terms of our thoughts and actions, especially when it comes to biases and darker sides of ourselves, perhaps, um, we have a greater control over. But when it comes to feelings, you know, people don't really feel like they can control how they feel. Um, And so how can we change that part of our perspective? Well, I think it's a natural progression from thoughts and actions. The more you Um, are mindful of those, the more your feelings will change, but also practicing certain feelings. So if your perspective is one that's pretty pessimistic, negative, and sort of (laughs) full of misery, you can practice feeling joy and excitement um, and things of that nature and put yourself in situations where you're more likely to feel those things and don't stop yourself when you feel those things. So I think that's one way you can actively change how you feel about certain things, but also I think through um, changing your thoughts and actions, it's a natural addition to that. And I think those are the three kind of parts of perspective, or I guess the three expressions of perspective. And so those are the things that we need to work with when we're trying to broaden our perspective, change our perspective. And like I said, it's really important that you feel your feelings, not just when you want to stop yourself from having fun because your rational mind, um, you know, tells you you're embarrassing yourself. Also, when you are feeling shitty and your positive, (laughs) optimistic part of you perhaps is telling you that you have no reason to feel that way. You have anything and everything somebody would want. Um, You shame on you for feeling bad. Um, And that is just as toxic as the other way around. It's really important that you feel your feelings during this process because if you repress them and suppress them even more, it's going to result in just a deeper level of pent-up feelings and most of the time that expresses themselves in negative and harmful thoughts and actions. 
So it really all does start with allowing yourself to feel the way you feel. When we talk about thinking, which is, like I said, most people understand they can control their actions, but not a lot of people really know or have experience controlling their thoughts. A useful way to do that is every time you think, bring in an aspect of mindfulness. So is this thought helpful? Is it unhelpful? Is it compassionate? Is it judgmental? Who, what part of me is forming this thought? Is it my truest, highest self? Or is it an ego that has been hurt by somebody in my past? Being mindful about how you're thinking, why you're thinking, what you're thinking is the first step to changing how you think and what you think. So how does our perspective form? That was just a little introduction to the components of perspective and what perspective is. So each of us has a certain perspective. It's based on multiple things and it really controls our reality. So how does perspective form? How did your perspective on life form? Perspective is nurtured. There might be qualities in you that are more inclined to have a certain perspective that you could argue is nature, I suppose, but most of perspective, if not the whole thing, is nurtured by your experience. The biggest place you learn your perspective is during your childhood. If you listen to my Psycho-Cybernetics episode, you know how important those early years of your life are in forming a lot of the beliefs you hold about yourself. And as I said, your perspective really is your reality and, you know, what whatever is in you, what you believe about yourself is most likely going to transfer to the outside world as well. So during childhood, people that can influence your perspective might be your parents. I think that is where a lot of our beliefs come from our teachers, our peers, and also in this day, you know, maybe not when you're a child, like under seven, I hope people that young are not really in social media. I'm sure they are, but um, hopefully they wait a little bit before they jump into social media. But also your social media sort of bubble helps foster and form your perspective. Most people on social media only follow people that they agree with, people that make them feel good, people that inspire, motivate them, and a lot of those people will have similar perspectives. And so we really create a bubble on social media of ideals and views that we are inclined to also believe. So you have to watch out for that as well. Even after you're a child, especially after you're a child, because that's when most people get onto social media. But a lot of the setup for the way we think and the way we believe is done by our parents and peers and teachers. Um, And that's not to blame any of those people. They're just doing the best they can. You know, after that, it is totally your responsibility to take care of and mold your own mind. A lot of our perspectives are subconscious, or I guess a lot of our habits and beliefs are really ingrained into us, and so they're hard to notice, and you kind of have to actively 
go out of your way to figure out your biases and your point of view on certain topics. Unless somebody is calling you out for something, you're gonna have to do some sort of work to figure it out. That is, you know, all things self-reflection. Meditation, journaling is amazing for this. Answering prompts, there's tons of them on the internet. And also just stream of consciousness journaling. Also therapy, if you are open to therapy, that is a great way to do this because you're, you have someone there that is there to kind of challenge what the story you're telling yourself about the world. Also, you can sign up for certain events or lectures or watch lectures on YouTube and seek different perspectives to highlight and illuminate your conflicts and agreements with them. And then also going to school mainly university college because you have a lot more freedom in the classes you can take but a lot of my journey with perspective and broadening my perspective happened during college because of classes I took and lectures I attended and I think that's a a great environment to explore different perspectives and different activities and, and everything. I think college is a huge time of exploration an explosion of exploration how do we change our perspective once we notice that we view something a certain way maybe we notice that we are very judgmental you know we're always thinking judgmental thoughts maybe our face is always showing some sort of judgment we're always kind of in this realm of judgment and comparison and all of these things and so we have a certain point of view on the world that, you know, maybe we have a superiority complex, you know, there's all these different things. A lot of the perspectives, well, all the perspectives that you are going to want to change are probably not your best qualities. They're probably your worst qualities. And that's one of the things that makes it so hard to change. Because you have to recognize the parts of yourself that you don't want to look at. You have to Be honest with yourself. Call out your bullshit. You have to do that to improve, to grow, to make change in yourself. And it's not comfortable. It's not fun. You know, but it's so worth it. So maybe you have a superiority complex and you're really judgmental and, you know, you think you're better than a lot of people. And you didn't actively know that you were doing that. You know, if somebody asked you or called you out on that, you might get defensive, you might think they they just don't know you well enough, or, you know, whatever kind of excuse your brain is going to make up, your ego is going to make up to make that excusable. So, once you realize you have a certain perspective, how do you change it? Educate yourself. And through education, you'll change perspectives you didn't even know you had, even once you self-reflected, even once you explored, because they weren't parts of your everyday life. They weren't things you were questioning. Um, I am super fortunate that I've gotten to travel throughout my entire life. And, you know, I lived overseas for four years. Um, I've had a lot of really great experiences in different parts of the world. And so, 
that is a huge way we can expand our perspective. And I think if anybody has the opportunity to go traveling, I highly, you know, recommend it. I, I think they absolutely should. It's kind of become a sort of basic <laughs> mainstream, like, type of thing to do, like, go traveling to find yourself, which is a different story and not something I would recommend. But going traveling to find others and then to find yourself in others, I think, is a better way to look at travel. I was super fortunate. I got to travel a lot when I was young. I'm, I still travel. Obviously not currently, but I still wa- I'm planning on traveling throughout my life. And so that's a great way because you have experiences, personal experiences, which open you up to different kinds of people and remove the illusion of some of the myths told to you about those people. You know, maybe you're you're traveling somewhere where everyone's telling you it's super dangerous. Everyone's going to steal from you. Everyone is out to get you. Or maybe you're traveling somewhere where they say people are super conservative. They don't like you. They don't want you there. You know, they're very prideful. Whatever the stereotype is, you go there and you meet people that don't fit the stereotype. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And you realize, hey, that was an illusion. That was a myth. That was a story. That was not truth. That's what all of this is. That's what perspective is. It's an illusion that you create that you view the world from, but it's not truth. And we'll get to that again later. So travel is great. Personally, I find it a lot easier to change my perspective and work on my perspective and my biases and and any other word you can think of (laughs) for perspective, point of view, um, and broaden it. I find it much easier when you're not sort of emotionally invested in a relationship and you're trying to broaden and change it that way. You know, changing my perspective through people that I know really well, having conversations with people I know really well, I find that it's not as effective for me. I don't know if that's unusual. I don't know if that's weird, but I think it's because the perspective I already have, if I'm talking to someone I know really well and have known for a long time, they probably have already played a part in my perspective. Um, And also... When we're having a conversation about things that are, you know, emotional and can cause a defensive or offensive reaction, it can, it can go off track. And especially when I'm talking about how important it is to feel what you're feeling when you're learning new things. If I'm, you know, emotionally invested in a relationship, I'm probably not going to allow myself to feel as freely as I would with someone I didn't know too well or something that was not person related. For example, another huge part of how I've expanded my perspective is documentaries and books. Learning that way, viewing people's experience through that medium, hearing people's story, having it touch me, understanding it, maybe not directly, but mentally. When I'm reading about issues that are tough 
and really ingest things in the world, when I'm watching them play out, I am way more likely to let myself cry or let myself get angry, you know? And I think that's an important step in true change. However, you know, I recognize that conversations with real people are really important. And I have conversations with real people all the time. I'm constantly talking to my parents and my family about their beliefs and, you know, whether I agree with them or not. And that is important. And I've seen huge change, particularly in my dad, through these conversations I've had with him over the years. Um, So I do recognize the value of that and the importance of that. And I do that. But if you are not emotionally ready or educated enough to have those conversations, to have potential arguments, I would say just read and watch. Read books, watch documentaries. That was really the beginning. You know, travel, I guess, was the beginning beginning, but documentaries and books was a massive mind opener for me. Again, Meditation and therapy is also a great way you can go about changing your perspective or broadening your perspective, looking inward and removing illusions through meditation, and then also looking outward and having, again, a conversation with someone that you're not, you know, emotionally attached to. Maybe you like your therapist, you know, but they're there to help you process your feelings, not potentially make you repress them even more. That's a bad therapist (laughs) if they are making you repress your emotions. So those are amazing ways that you can go about seeking out new information, new perspectives, um, and then seeing what you want to incorporate, what uh, resonates with you. Broadening your perspective, changing your perspective takes a little bit of work, you know? You have to reconcile some really ugly things about you. So why would we do it? What is the actual benefit? You know, ignorance is bliss, they say. So why learn about issues in the world? Why address the illusions your mind has created about the world? So to me, the goal of broadening my perspective and having a vast array of experience is to gain a greater open-mindedness, awareness, and general happiness. I think the more we are attached and stuck in a single perspective, the more closed off we are, the more we may uh, get into conflicts or think there are a lot of things wrong with the world. And I don't think it's a good recipe for progress because your perspective is your truth. Your perspective is your reality. And if your perspective is holding you back, it is going to make your reality much worse. If you have a perspective that, like, maybe, like I said, everyone's out to get you, or maybe you have a perspective about a certain race of people, and you think maybe they're all violent, evil, whatever. That, okay, for the first one, um... If you have a belief that everyone's out to get you, 
you're going to live your life paranoid in fear. You're going to miss out on a lot of people, a lot of relationships, a lot of mentors, teachers, friends, lovers. Same goes if you have a belief that a certain race is violent and evil. Same goes. And neither of those perspectives are helping you in any way. Right? Like, like they're just not. And you may have convinced yourself they are. You have may convinced yourself that those perspectives are keeping you safe. They're keeping you from getting hurt. There's a number of things you can convince yourself of in regards to that. And maybe, you know, it, have, it kept you from one or two negative experiences in your life. But it's also keeping you from connection. It's keeping you from love. If you truly love yourself, I do not believe that you can hate another person. I I don't believe it. If you truly know who you are without your ego, without your beliefs, and you love and you have experienced the energy of love within yourself, I think it would be very, very hard to hate another person. And we all have biases. We all have judgment. You know, a lot of us uh, don't like other... And that's, that's another thing. When I say you can't hate another person, I don't mean you can't be angry at another person. I don't mean you can't dislike another person. I don't mean you can't get along with another person. You can do all those things and not hate a person if you love yourself. You see the difference? You know, black people are angry right now, as they should be, 100%. They don't like the way the world is being run. Lots of people don't like it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you love yourself, it's very hard to hate another person. Whereas I see on a lot of the resistance to the Black Lives Matter movement side, on the white supremacy side... They are being incredibly violent. They are clearly angry. They feel threatened. They are actively hating black people. And you know, I don't think those people have any love for themselves. I really don't. That was kind of a tangent. But the point was that our perspectives and our beliefs can hold us back from the best things in life. So the more two-dimensional, one-dimensional your perspective is, the more you're missing out on in life. And it's way bigger than just changing your mindset and becoming more positive or optimistic. I don't think positivity is the answer. You know, there is toxic positivity, It's not necessary to be positive all the time, happy all the time. That's not realistic. I'm going to do another podcast on why happiness is a myth, but that's for another time. You know, it's not just about 
becoming more positive when you're talking about expanding and changing your mindset. A lot of the times when you're expanding your mindset, you're going to encounter a lot of things that make you more angry, that make you more sad for the world. I did, for sure, for sure, especially with Black Lives Matter. When I started learning more about Black Lives Matter and educating myself on Black history, um, this was probably, uh, it was my sophomore year, so 2016, 2017 is when I really started educating myself and actively seeking out information about racism. Um, <laughs> I discovered way more things that made me definitely not happier. They made me way angrier. They made me more sad. So it's not just about becoming more positive. It's about becoming more open. Because even though those things that I learned made me angry and sad, they made me better. They made me a better human being, a more understanding human being, a more self-reflective human being, a more curious human being, you know? And I learned about myself through another's story. Broadening your perspective is going to make you a more well-rounded human being. It's going to make you a more connected human being, right? We're so disconnected from humanity in many ways. And a lot of that has to do with our attachment to our opinion and our identity and all these things. And that attachment is really what causes most suffering. So even though learning about racism didn't make me happier. It made me more empowered. It made me more active. It made me more aware of the world. It made me more connected to people. It made me understand more than I did before. There are many reasons, many benefits to broadening your perspective. But it is only as useful as your willingness to consider it. The information you receive and is brought to your attention that may conflict with things you previously thought is only as useful as your willingness to consider it. And I want to get to this, but, you know, that's all you have to do is consider information. The more just, the more compassionate, the more true part of the story, you know, whether it's the perspective you had or this new information that was brought to you, that will come out on top. All you have to do is consider them both to be true, critically, you know, think about your perspective. Where did it come from? Like I said, you need to be mindful about your thinking to change your perspective or broaden your perspective. Where did my perspective come from? Where is this information coming from? Is this information more true? Is my perspective that it is challenging, damaging to me or anyone. The main thing when you are dealing with your perspective, your biases, your opinion, point of view, 
is your open-mindedness. The way to allow yourself to understand more is to open your mind more. To allow yourself to believe that more is true than what you have experienced. More is true than your personal experience. More is out there than your personal experience. So now I want to talk quickly about identity. Why do people cling to their beliefs, their identity? Why is there so much conflict? Why is racism being a bad thing so controversial? (laughs) Like, why is our black bodies dying so controversial? That is clearly, in my mind, wrong. That is clearly not okay. (laughs) But it's, you know, creating all this conflict. It shouldn't be this hard, but it is. You know, I can say it shouldn't be whatever, but it is. And that's what we're working with. Okay. So why do people cling to their identity? The ego is what we call the sense of self. That's it. You know, it has a lot of negative connotations and I am going to talk about how it's negative, but it's not always negative. It's not something you need to kill, so to say. Uh, You just need to unattach from it, separate from it. It's just your sense of self, which is a good thing to have, right? It gives you purpose, goals, personality, um, and all of these things, community. But it is way too powerful in most people, and it's way too attached to by most people. Our ego grows, right, by creating an identity for us. We identify with things as we get older, and like I said, that's okay. We, we have preferences, we have likes and dislikes, you know, whatever. And as we identify with things, the ego builds them up even more, builds them up even more. It sustains the ego. It's the ego's sustenance. It's food. So when the ego feels threatened, if you identify with being a Republican and then everyone's saying Republicans are all of these nasty things and you're so attached to your ego who believes wholeheartedly that it is a Republican, even though that's just a word. It identifies with that word so much that when it's threatened or insulted, your literal life feels threatened. That's why people literally fight to the death over beliefs, because they've attached themselves to those beliefs so much that when it's threatened, because the ego is that belief. Part of it is that belief. And so when it's threatened, the ego feels like it is being killed. It is going to die. And it puts that into you. It controls your thinking. So then you feel like your life is being threatened because somebody said something nasty about your political party. And so you're willing to go fight to the death because you feel like If you just accepted that or questioned that identity you have, you would die. It sounds extreme, but that's what the ego does. When we are so attached to it and we give it so much power, 
That's what it does. You know, because we identify with our ego and our sense of self so much, we don't know what we are without it. You know, unless you've done the work. So we just think we're dead without it. And we get scared and we fight. We go into defense mode. And that is why people cling so much to their beliefs and their perspectives. Because without that, they don't know what they are. And when that is threatened, their life, their self, their identity, like who they are feels threatened. And that's why people do such extreme things over beliefs. And so even me, who I feel like I am in a much better place with my ego and in in a very balanced place with my ego, I still have beliefs. I believe Black Lives Matter and I believe in their cause. Not their cause, our cause, (laughs) right? Black Lives Matter is not a, it is a white problem, right? It is the problem we created. It is the problem we're going to have to fix. And I believe in doing the work on that. So it's not about getting rid of your beliefs. It's about realizing that they're not you. The ego that you're so identified with, this identity you've created, this sense of self, is not actually you. You are more than that. When that goes away, you are still here. That's why when really terrible things happen, people end up making the greatest change. You know, when you hit your lowest point, that's when the door opens to the most change. You know, say your house burns down and you lose everything that you identified with or you lost your job or your spouse, family, whatever. Something that you were so attached to, so attached to. When that is taken from people, often they change the most because they realize the things that I identified with actually aren't me. I'm still here. I'm still living. I still have a life to do. And they separate from their ego a bit. So it's not about getting rid of your beliefs. It's about realizing they're not you. They are not you at your core. And an attack on them is not an attack on you, your physical body, your life, your mind. It's not. Your ego feels like it's being attacked, feels threatened, feels like its life is in danger but it's not an attack on you. So if something happens where somebody challenges something you believe or your perspective and you start getting defensive or you're offended, take a step back, just breathe a little before you speak and realize, hey, they're not attacking me. I'm safe. I'm good. I'm here, I'm living, I'm do. I'm now, you know. Take a step back, breathe, and then just consider what they're saying. Like I said, that's all you gotta do. Because the right thing is gonna come out on top when you compare and consider. And you're not so attached to your perspective. And you're not so ready to limit your perspective and therefore yourself. The more infinite and abundant your perspective is, the more infinite and abundant you will be. The more limited it is, the more limited you will be. I should have said that earlier, but that is the truth. That is why you should work to expand your perspective and to question the things you believe. 
so much of this life we are born into, right? And a lot of it is just decided for us before we even get to the planet, before we even breathe Earth's air. So much of our life is laid out in society. We are really only here to feel and experience and to come to know our humanity and our world a little better. When we get here and everything is decided for us, there's a certain path you're expected to take, whatever it is, you should not just accept that. We should be questioning everything we are taught and told. Even this podcast, you should not believe anything I say or disbelieve anything I say. You should seek your own experience. Try opening your mind a little bit. Try some of these tactics to expand or change your perspective. Seek your own experience. This is your life. Find your own life. Make your own life. Do not just go into it unquestioning. And maybe when you were young, you were taught to not question. A lot of people are. A lot you can rework that. You're not a child forever, okay? Step up, take responsibility for whatever you were taught, even if you don't believe it's your fault, you know? And in some aspects, it's not. We're children. We're not totally in control. But take responsibility now. Stop living in the past and seek your own experience, That is your job, to experience what you can. How can you accept something that you had no say in and you didn't think critically about? This is how harmful traditions and systems continue to thrive because they're they're set up before we are even born. This system, a lot of systems have been set up you know, a hundred years ago. So many of our traditions and systems were set up hundreds of years ago. And how often are we critically learning about them and thinking about them and questioning them? That is how overt racist violent people today become that way. Because they haven't questioned They haven't thought critically. They haven't sought their own experience. They haven't sought other perspectives. They haven't gotten out of their past. You know? And we're all racist. Let me just say that. Everyone has biases, right? And everyone has probably uttered a microaggression in their life. So, there's very little absolute truth in the world. You know, we can say maybe math processes outside of the human bias. You have your truth and I have mine. But when we attach to the life that we have lived and the things that have worked for us and our story and our truth, we run into a wall because then other people who have a different truth are suddenly conflicting us. They're they're arguing with us. They're saying that they got to the point I got to a different way, you know, any kind of attachment in that way puts up a wall, right? Because truth, the truth of life can be reached and expressed in 
infinite ways, infinite ways. And trust me, I know how attached we can get to our past and our um, recommendations. You know, if you just look at like the vegan community. Now, I had been vegan and I'm still mostly vegan, but I had been, you know, really vegan for years. And right at the beginning of that transition, you know, I was so attached to it. My path was the only path. My truth is the truth. And that is a huge misconception. Your truth is not the truth. And that's really important to keep in mind. Just share your path, your experience if you want to, like I'm doing now, right? But don't expect anything. Listen to people who share their experience and their path. I do all the time because I'm always looking for new things, new experiences, new elevating habits. Um, And I'm listening to a lot of people share their truth. But know that you're eventually going to have to walk your path on your own. Everything we believe, if it is unquestioned, is empty. If you believe something and you haven't questioned it, you haven't looked out opposing beliefs, you haven't sought out your own experience by engaging in multiple perspectives and creating and understanding the beliefs and identity that make up your sense of self, it's empty. I know so many people who are a certain religion and believe the things of their their religion just because that's what their family is. That's what they've always been. That's what, that's what they are, you know. But if you haven't questioned that belief on your own, not thinking about what your family is and what you were told as a child, it's empty. You can say you're a Christian all you want, but if you haven't critically examined that faith and you haven't tried to understand other faiths, that belief is empty. Because only through reflection, only through questioning, only through seeking perspective can you really know what you believe. It's it's the same with like jobs. A lot of people try multiple jobs before they settle with one job, you know, before they stay somewhere for a while. Because <laughs> that makes sense, right? And we don't do that with a lot of things we believe. Because I think our families are so identified with their beliefs, we just adopt that identification and attachment to the beliefs. Whereas it should be the norm to explore and experiment and experience many different perspectives and then come to decide on what it is you believe, what it is your angle is, what it is your point of view is, what it is you can bring to the table. If you are white or a non-black person of color, I highly recommend that you read Just Mercy and Between the World and Me. Those were two of the first books I read having to do with race, and 
They're still some of my favorite books. I read them a few years ago now, but they exploded my <laughs> mindset and my perspective. And they're especially relevant when it comes to law and justice and um, courts and things of that nature. So I highly recommend you read those. I highly recommend and ask of you to question your beliefs. It's so, so easy to spiritually bypass the problems in our world. You know, with this, everything's good. It's all positive or we're all one. Let's just love each other. Conflict, nonviolence, you know, and if you believe in those things, that's fine. You know, I believe in a lot of those things. Like I said, it's okay to have strong beliefs, but when you have a larger perspective, you can come to terms with what is happening right now and why it is necessary. It's so easy to bypass these issues, especially if you're white or a non-black person of color. But the only way change is going to come is if we go through the issue. Can't go over it. Can't go under it. Can't go around it. It's not going anywhere unless we break it. Unless we fight our way through it. Okay? So don't bypass this issue or any issue in your future. Meet it head on. Dedicate yourself to breaking it down. To making a better future. For everyone. You know, and if you have been on this uh, path for a while. And, you know, you've been pro Black Lives Matter for a while. Don't convince yourself you're not racist. You still are. I mean, everyone is, has biases um, that have to do with race because it's so a part of our culture. Um, and I can only really speak for America because that's where I am. But I've heard from, you know, the international outcry that it's around the globe. Don't convince yourself you're done with your personal work. You're never done. If you are white or a uh, non-black person of color who is anti-Black Lives Matter, I really challenge you to question why you believe whatever it is that you're preaching. Whatever it is about maybe this conversation that uh, punctured you or offended you or anything. And I mean, if you're listening this long into it and you are on that side, you're, you're obviously in a better place than some people. You know, anyone who was too attached to their ego would have turned off the podcast as soon as I said something they didn't agree with. So if you're still here, that says something decent about your character. But if you still find yourself not understanding Black Lives Matter or being actively anti-Black Lives Matter, I recommend you keep quiet for a minute and just learn and listen. Read those books I recommended. 
Um, there are so many good sources on social media right now, especially, you know, the news has some value, but the news is really just, again, based on power and money. It's not objective. It's not unbiased. It's about getting people to view their program. It's about maintaining uh, power over the story. It's about bringing in money for, you know, most of the mainstream news channels. All of them, I would, I personally think. So look, seek out alternative sources for your news, for your information. And just sit with differing perspectives. Like I said, no one is attacking you. They just want, they just want you to change. (laughs) Um, And if you're a black person during this time, keep doing you. Do what you, do whatever it is that you want to do right now. You know, (laughs) even if it pisses people off, you've been pissed off for long enough that screw it. Like, like do whatever you need to do to process, to feel your anger and grief. Change is a beautiful thing. It's raw. It is powerful. It's messy and it's constant, always. But it's time we all took responsibility for our beliefs and add some more dimension to them. Don't be a single perspective pony. (laughs) Don't be a one perspective pony. Okay. I'm sort of just rambling now, but I hope this was insightful to you. Like I said, I'm planning on being back full force, weekly podcasts. I have a lot that I still want to talk about, but I wanted to start off with this piece because I felt like it was especially relevant and fitting Um, And hopefully, you know, pushed people to be more critical. That's really the, the point of this podcast is I want people to be more critical of what is happening in the world and take ownership for their personal life instead of falling back on decisions they played no part in. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like, please follow this podcast on whatever you're listening to it on. Leave me a review if you found it interesting or helpful at all. And you can follow me on Instagram. It's shepherd underscore Lauren, S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D underscore L-A-U-R-E-N. You can also go to my website, which I need to update, (laughs) but it's um, R-E-N-C-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E dot com, renccollective.com. And I also make music under the name Ren. 
So you can also check that out, listen to it. There's YouTube and Spotify and Apple, whatever you, you know, and, you know, anything. (laughs) It's on there. So you can give that a listen and sign some petitions. Donate some money. Donate some time to protesting or reading or watching. Educate yourself. Seek your own experience. Build your own perspective. I wish you an amazing week. I will see you or you will hear me next week. And I look forward to it. Bye.